Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. So today is the last episode of season one. I cannot believe how far this show has gone from the idea that I had to make my Instagram lives and do a podcast an entire year ago and to now having all these incredible episodes with my friends, with experts that I've gotten to know really well, some solo episodes here and there. And I want to sincerely thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show every week. Thank you whether you're a new listener or you're an OG listener when the show first launched. Thank you very, very much. And if you've left a review on Apple Podcasts, you subscribed. That truly means the world to me. And that's what helps us grow and continue to grow with season two. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a break in December after this final episode. But I do want to let you know there are exciting things coming from season two. There are going to be bigger and better episode guests than before, which we didn't even think that was possible. Did we even think it was possible? No, we did not. And there's also going to be some new formats and a lot more growth for the show next year. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode, which is very needed with Danielle. Okay, we are pressing record on the final episode of season one, and it is with the first interview guest we had for season one. So pretty cool full circle moment, and I have my friend and colleague Danielle with us. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive into this topic. Right, because there's a lot to dive into. And I want to first have everyone kind of have a little bit of a background with you, your story, how you kind of started Tell. But I want to also plug your episode that we did together um, when Danielle was on the show previously. We actually talked about friendships. So we're kind of going into her her other world in this episode. So do you want to kind of tell everyone a little bit about you, your story, and how you started your public relations agency? Sure. So my name is Danielle Byer Jackson, and I am a publicist by day and a friendship coach by night, which are so seemingly different things, but there's actually a lot of overflow. Um, And the cool thing is I get to serve women in each capacity. So that's always nice. Um, With the public relations agency, our agency is called Tell Public Relations, and we specifically work with female entrepreneurs to help them get more of the shine that they deserve. You know, I was a high school English teacher, and then I worked for a national company as their PR person, and I was actually terminated while on maternity leave. And a lot of us have that fantasy of like, ah, one day I'm going to, I'm going to quit. I'm going to start my own thing. And you fantasize about what it'll look like to like flip over the desk and storm out. Maybe that was just me, but that was my fantasy. And so, you know, being terminated actually, you know, started that journey for me. But 
it was a blessing. And so now it's been two years since I've been in business for myself. And as a publicist, we get to have a lot of cool conversations with women. We get to help them highlight really great aspects of their business that they're sitting on. We get to help, you know, bring attention to their business through, you know, securing media placements like podcasts and television. But on the other side of that coin is talking to them about the hard things because your reputation is not just getting some shine or a glossy magazine cover. It's also dealing with the negative stuff, the hard stuff, tough conversations, and trying to not just manage, but strengthen your reputation as you navigate all the tough stuff too. And so, you know, a common topic has been, how do I post, you know, during COVID and there's racial tensions and there's a pandemic and there's, there's just so many things. What do I say? I don't want to get it wrong. And so we're having a lot of those conversations too, because you can't just talk about the fun stuff as a business owner. You have to equip yourself to address the hard things too. Right. And you dived right into it because I think as smaller businesses, we kind of instantly think like we're off the hook. We don't really have to worry about reputation management. You know, we're small. No one's really worrying about us, thinking about us, especially online businesses. We're just online, right? But I think this year really proved that in a lot of different capacities that what is happening in the world, um, in our personal lives is really affecting our businesses, which I'm sure is something you've probably seen at firsthand with your clients. You nailed it. I, I think there is a lot of that, like, oh, I'm, I'm on Instagram or, oh, I'm not a, a brick and mortar. I'm not a huge company. So there's just there's just two of us. There's just me and my VA. Do I have to talk about my reputation? And am I susceptible to a crisis? And honestly, these days, with people being able to tweet and then screenshot the tweet or somebody being able to screenshot a, a poor customer service, yes, we are all susceptible to having our brand be completely demolished because of carelessness or recklessness or because of things that are even out of our control, but that we fail to address. So I love that you said that because I think that's a common misconception about you know reputation management as well. Right. And I think we've seen related to like COVID, the election, Black Lives Matter, all of those different topics. I think we've seen cancel culture really play a big role. And I know I have so many thoughts on cancel culture. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, what do you think about it? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Do you think that your good PR can really help you manage that? Because I've seen TikTok TikToker, then it was this TikToker that ate like I didn't follow her, but she ate peppers with like stuff on it. Mm -hmm. And when she literally said who she was voting for, she lost millions of followers just instantly like that. And it's like that's why people are so afraid to speak up on these things. But yeah, cancel culture. Tell me what you think because it's a lot to break down there. Oh my God. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. So many things. And first of all, let me preface this by saying, I say a lot of unpopular things, but I always like to say that you take what you need, you dismiss what you don't, or at least just consider it. As a publicist, my job is to keep you having a good pulse on public perception. That's my job. So my clients sometimes, you know, it's a running joke now, but before I tell them something hard, I always lead with, now you're the captain of the ship. I'm right. just telling you what's in the water and I'm going to support you either way, but you make your, your decisions based on these facts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that being said, cancel culture, let's be clear that cancel culture is not new. All that means is that you withdraw your support from a brand because something's emerged that you don't like. 
We've been doing that since forever. But now it's been branded with this term cancel culture and, oh, is that fair that people, you know, stopped following just because she, that is their right. That's totally the right to say, oh, you know, I found out that this brand supports this candidate who I think is, you know, who I I think is the worst. You have every right to withdraw your support. I do know that, you know, there's, there's celebrities. We find out that they tweeted something racist or homophobic or crazy like 10 years ago and people totally withdraw their support. That is their right. Now, I do think there's a difference between, you know, trying to come for this brand or to shame certain people. I think that's something different. You know, somebody says something and we want to actively shame them, embarrass them. I think that's different. But we do have a right to say, oh, gosh, that that makes me feel uneasy. And I don't feel right about, you know, putting money or, or any other form of support behind this brand now that I learned that information. And that's their right. Now, I will address the very real fear a lot of business owners have about, well, gosh, I don't want to be a victim of that. I don't want to turn people off. I don't want to offend. I don't want people to leave. The tough love truth is that's inevitable. That's inevitable. Your only other choice is to say nothing about anything. Now, am I encouraging you to be controversial just for the sake of stirring things up? No, I am not. But if you take a certain belief on something and it is critical. It is central to your brand, but you're scared to say it because you don't want people to leave. That's a part of the game. Mm-hmm. And the irony of it is you have some people who come to support you because of the stance you took. In fact, a very recent mm-hmm. report on communications and, and public sentiment is finding that 66% of people expect you to take a strong position on a cause expect not like oh it would be nice they want you to and i know a lot of the group that's probably driving that is millennials and gen z so before where we were taught you know like oh you know don't talk politics don't talk religion and i get some of that don't talk money at the dinner table be careful of these things that's not pc some of that is still true but we have ushered in a new wave of people who want to hear what you believe they want to see that you stand strongly for the things they believe in and whether that's you know racial injustice or whether that's you know sustainable fashion it doesn't matter but people are bringing lots of different causes they care about to the table and they want to know that the brands they support are actively doing something about it and taking a stand so for anyone who's like you know listening to this right now and they're like oh that makes me nervous i understand but i gotta say Sometimes the risk of losing followers who don't like what you said comes with the territory, but I'd rather you take a strong position on something or at least address an elephant in the room than to go quiet. I'll end with this. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's like, I don't want to address that thing. I don't even want to talk about it. I want to act like it doesn't exist. May I take this into a different context? If you're sitting in a room and there's something that's obviously happening and you're like, I'm not going to look over there, but everybody's looking over there and talking about it. And you're like, nope, I don't see it. We think you were crazy. We'd be like, girl, you see that thing. So there's a pandemic. It has touched literally every sector, every family to say, I'm not going to address that to me is just, um, it's just silly. It is because we all see it and you're like, I'm going to pretend it's not happening. Now, I'm not saying making a huge grand gesture or position on something, but to at least give a nod to it. If you're a coffee shop and we're in a pandemic, you have to touch on that somehow. You can you know, uh, lead with telling us what precautions you're taking to make sure we feel good when we grab a cup of coffee with our friend. Like, I, I'm not taking a stance on COVID. I'm not talking about vaccines. I'm not talking about the president, but I'm acknowledging this very real thing that people are probably thinking about that affects my customers and my business. So 
the summative statement of that is cancel culture is a real thing, but it's not what people have made it out to be. It's about withdrawing your support when you don't feel good about a decision a brand makes, and that's okay. But if you're scared to take a stance because you don't want to turn people off, then I would just encourage you to kind of like muster up more muscle and accept that as part of the game. And ironically, you'll find more freedom in leaning into the things that really matter to you. Right. And I I agree with that in a lot of ways because I think, you know, COVID and the election was one thing, but I think especially when it came to racial injustice, I think that's when, especially in the online space, I saw cancel culture really destroy brands overnight. And a part of me was like, okay, you know, yeah, these are things a lot of people should have been thinking about sooner and they should have been more sensitive about that and and all these types of things. But then a part of me is like, you know, when people are starting to address things and apologize and say they're doing better, then everyone's attacking them. But then if they're not saying anything, people are attacking them too. So I think kind of like you mentioned is that it's better to say something and stand up for something versus not saying anything at all. Because if this year taught us anything is that, you know, kind of no matter where you fall in any of these topics, you know, there's probably going to be someone that disagrees with you or, you know, there's going to be something you have to edit or, you know, go in the DMs and have a conversation and and all these different types of things that come along with that. And I feel like that kind of dives us right into just the main thing I want to chat about and is when it comes to just navigating these topics as a small business, what do you say? How much do you say? How do you make sure you're not tone deaf? Because I think that's the overarching question. I've gotten a ton of, especially related to Instagram content and probably a lot of questions you've gotten where it's like, do I pause my content completely? When can I resume my content? What's enough to say? You know, if I start posting about this, am I being insensitive? You know, all these questions on what to say, what not to say. And, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and no one wants to come off as seeming, you know, tone deaf or out of touch um, and look, you know, silly um, in that way. I'll say this, I'm seeing two ends of the spectrum. I'm seeing those who are so immobilized by their fear of being canceled or being insensitive that they don't post at all, or they don't take a side or say anything meaningful, or they're tiptoeing around and not saying anything of significance because they're so scared of saying the wrong thing. Then I also see those who have become, who are kind of bucking up against that and like, you know what, if you're going to cancel me, I don't care. I'm going to say what I feel and da, 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 da. And I don't care. That's how I feel. And we're on two different ends of the spectrum. I think there's a healthy medium. I think the first thing I would suggest is to pay close attention to your circle, your staff, and your echo chamber. Mm -hmm. Because what often happens is we craft our content and everybody in our circle approves. Our friends are like, yeah, totally love that. Our mom is like, oh, sweetie, that's great. (laughs) You know, everybody around us is like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally good. But what what does your circle look like? What does the diversity in your circle look like? I'm not even necessarily just talking about ethnic diversity, generational diversity in terms of background finances. Because what's happening, I'll give you an example. I'll just say there are certain things we have to be sensitive to. And that doesn't mean, oh, let me be overly delicate. But things that you have to acknowledge, because you're not just talking to you know one kind of person. Think very carefully about the things that are happening right now. You have people who are not gathering. So at the time of this recording, we're going into the holidays. You have people who are unable to gather. Does the messaging that you're sending or the, the promotion that you're giving require people to gather. Oh, when you get with your friends, cook these dishes and everybody bring it up. 
that's out of touch. Hey, we're not gathering actually, many of us. So now you look like you don't know what's going on. Or you're, or some might interpret that as irresponsible because you're encouraging us to do something that uh, some people don't feel good about. So, you know, in terms of gathering, um, in terms of finances, we're seeing more and more about, you know, people losing their jobs and, and not having access to resources. So, you know, I'm not saying don't sell as a business. Hey, we got to sustain ourselves and, and business is business. But think about your language around pricing. Think about how you are packaging your message about, about a sale that's coming up for Black Friday and things like that. Just be mindful. It's a blessing that some of us are able to still work from home and kind of be easy breezy. That's not a lot of people's reality. You have people who are experiencing food insecurity. This morning, I saw that more and more people than ever are going to the food banks. Um, We have a certain picture of what that person looks like. It might not be who you think. I read something about how nearly 900,000 women have either quit their jobs or reduced their hours since March. And they're predicting that it's going to set women back in the workforce by 10 years. You have lots of women losing their jobs. They can't handle everything. If she's not the, you know, if if a friend of yours or a business colleague is not the woman of the house and maybe she lives with her parents or whatever, depending on who's listening, you know, is the person she depends on financially losing their job and, and having less access to resources. All of that's happening. So all I'm saying is, you're the captain of the ship, <laughs> but let me tell you what's in the water. So it's just something to keep in mind. Don't let it cripple you. Don't overthink it, but just think about who's on the other end and being mindful of those various groups. And I know you can't you know, speak to everyone, right. but that's a lot of people's increasing reality. So first step is check your echo chamber. Are they reflective of the kind of person you're speaking to? Which goes to step number two, which is get really clear about who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might not be a popular opinion, but I, you know, people were voting for this person or this person. They're like, what do I say? I always say, you know, your audience, mm-hmm. what does your audience want to hear? What do you guys feel and think? You might say something that even I disagree with, but if your people love it and you're like, hey, we're just going to talk to our people, go do your thing. I mean, that's that's kind of the whole point about like right. PR and, and talking to your people. If you want to take a stance and you're like, hey, I know that I'm just speaking to my group and my base, my group really likes this stuff. I'm just talking to them. Then lean into that because that's all you're concerned with. I get it. That's cool. So some of it requires to be really in touch with who's consuming, who's following, who's your target demo. That's like some fundamental type marketing stuff. But look at your echo chamber. Look at your audience. I encourage you to stay in the know with the news. There are things that are changing in the blink of an eye overnight. You know, people now are talking about vaccines. They're talking about, um, you know, diversity in the workplace. We're talking about, you know, increasing mental health struggles, you know, people feeling increasingly lonely, specifically, you know, millennials. So think about the sentiment of the public. Think about how the people following are feeling and what they're going through from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep. And all I'm saying is consider that as you post um, certain content in terms of what you'll integrate and what you'll leave out. Right. And I I think you touched on a lot of the types of kind of theories that I like to go with when it comes to this. Because yeah, it's really kind of what feels good to you. And I think really tapping into your morals and values as a brand, as a business, I think will really help you identify what you can speak about, how often you should speak about it. Um, Because I think we kind of see what everyone else is saying. We're consuming the news. We're consuming our Instagram feeds. And so we 
feel like we have to say certain things or we have to continue to say things or we need to stop saying things. But what I kind of found sat well with me and kind of some things I was doing with my clients was saying, okay, what feels good? How often do I want to talk about this? How relevant is this to my audience? Because I think that's a really great point. Um, I know when election, you know, election night, well, election night was very long days and nights. (laughs) But when we finally got a decision on who was our next president and VP, um, it was something that I was celebrating about with my audience. And I knew my audience well enough to know, I don't think I really lost a lot of followers there. It's something I didn't have to share, but it felt compelling to share. I didn't go into details on who I voted for and why I voted and who I don't like or whatever. But I think it kind of goes down to being really in touch with your audience, like you mentioned, but also your brand values and morals, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is something you've kind of already hinted on. And I would love to talk about specifically maybe some really good and bad PR you've seen this year? Because I'm sure you probably can think of a lot of examples. Maybe you can use your own clients or local businesses that you've seen. Like, What are some really bad things that we can learn to not do? Um, And what are some really good opportunities um, to make sure we're making the best representation of our brand and business in a climate right, right now? Yeah, great question. So um, I'm based here in Tampa. I know you are as well. And I know um, this summer, you know, I jokingly call it Black Lives Matter summer mm-hmm. and it needs to be Black Lives Matter every day. Right. Okay? But this summer I do, you know, appreciate that a lot of people became more conscious and intentional. Um, so you saw a lot of brands that were trying to craft their statement. We got to say something. What do we say? And um, I give a, you know, I I see that they made an effort, but one thing I saw was a lot of um, generic phrasing, which becomes a little almost comical. So for example, we, we see like thoughts and prayers. Oh, there's a school shooting thoughts and prayers. The way that we've started to talk about that, like, okay, that's empty. What does that mean? Say something personal. We can see right through that. Our consumers are smart. They have real hearts and they want to hear something of significance. So a lot of these general phrases, like, uh, we stand together, love wins, we're a human race. We're all the human race. Right. Uh, like things like that. I, I don't mean to uh, minimize them and the, the words themselves mean something. Yeah. But because they have been overused, if you lean to that because you want to say something that's safe without having to really say anything, I just want to say that that's very transparent. And I saw a lot of local and national businesses doing that. Um, we saw there were some athletes who came under fire for saying certain things and they had what was an obvious PR crafted statement the next day. And they're using images that are like stock images of a brown hand and a white hand holding hands. We are better to get, and it was just like, Oh my, stop it. Stop it right now. Um, With the stock images. Now that I I love that we're diversifying our images because I know that's a part of, you know, social media. We're like, okay, as I craft this message, what's the visual that I want to associate with it? There, I like to say, you know, yes, you need to be using, you know, diversify your imaging so people can see themselves, but then also it's make sure it's reflective of like your actual brand. If you don't plan on hiring brown people, but you want brown people to buy from you. And so you've got brown people splashed across Mm -hmm. your your visuals. Something about that almost feels misleading to me. I know I I always joke that recently, my husband, well, not recently, but my husband and I were looking for a church at one point and we saw these marketing materials that were very inclusive and we're like, okay. And we went... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so to some extent, think about the imagery you're using as well. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, 
as authentic as possible. If you have to go with, you know, stock image, that's fine. I know that there are, you know, tons of places where you can get really nice modern imagery to kind of communicate what you're trying to say. I know Christina Jones, yeah. I think it's like color stock. Color Joy uh, stock photography. Color yes. Joy stock is a Love. really great resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels modern and, and, and fun and sleek. Uh, if you're trying to kind of diversify your imagery, but all that is a part of your messaging. Uh, so we've seen the empty phrases. We've seen double speak. Uh, that's where you're crafting messages and you're talking to two people. And it's very clear. Oh, we stand with da, 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 da. But we also know that it's important to blah, blah, blah. But we also recognize that. And it's like, okay, come on now, straddling that fence. So that's where what you said about knowing your values, that's very unsexy and boring. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, know my values. But yeah, I encourage you to really sit down and be like, okay, what is super important to us? What are causes Mm -hmm. that we are going to champion? What will we not do? And get really clear because I'm noticing that the people who are scrambling most about what to say and what not to say don't have that figured out. That's why you're scrambling. For those of us who are very clear from the beginning, we're like, oh, let me just open up the file. What's my mess? What's my mission statement? Let me take some clips from there. And it, and it keeps you strong. Yeah. So those are some of the things, you know, we're seeing. One thing I want to encourage too, which I don't hear too much talking about is every now and then take inventory of your associations. So who are the people you partner with, collaborate with in a very public way? What are they doing? Because these days, whoever you collaborate with, whatever they say, you see articles come up that's like, oh, it turns out that so-and-so was partnering with that brand behind the scenes. And it's like, what? So every now and then take stock of like, who am I saying, you know, I'm co-sponsoring with, co-teaching with, co-partnering with, and we're putting our names on things together. Every now and then keep your eyes out on on what they're doing too, because as soon as you put your names together, um, you are, you know, associated with whatever they choose to say and not say as well. So those are just some, you know, little examples I've seen around town in terms of, you know, generalized messaging and authentic visual imagery, defensiveness. We saw, um, I won't say the name, but there is a facility here in Tampa and they put out an email and it was like, we will not be victims of cancel culture and we will not succumb to oh, the end. It was very defensive. And it was one of those things where obviously something happened behind the scenes. And so they're talking to like this group, but then the rest of us don't know what you're talking about and look defensive. So we're seeing a lot of that too, uh, where you're talking to one person and you're coming really hard, but you have to really think about everybody else who's watching and that whole thing. And speaking of that, I'll end with this for this particular question, uh, comments as well. So not just what you're putting out, but the dialogue you're maintaining in the comments, Mm. that would be important as well. I strongly suggest that unless it's something vile and harassing, you do not delete comments. I know it's hard when somebody uh, challenges you in the comments or says, you know, hey, that's great, but are you going to address this? You should be responding to that very openly. It feels a little counterintuitive because it feels like it's detracting from your great reputation, but you actually have an opportunity there to enhance your reputation because we're all watching. So if you have somebody challenge, uh, recently we had somebody at, you know, on Instagram tell public relations, we posted something and the feedback was generally positive and we had somebody push back. I easily could have been like, oh, okay, well, this is not giving us a glowing response right. like everybody else, you know? And so we were like, Okay, let's do it. Crafted a response. Oh, thank you for bring, thank you for the opportunity to expand on this in the comments. One thing we want to bring up is blah 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 blah. And we hit her with some stats, and we told her we actually stand really strong in this position. And surprisingly, she came back and said, "Wow, thank you for saying that. I didn't really, I didn't realize." 
And it was an opportunity and not necessarily to go in there and change minds, but we know people are watching and it makes you look brave. It makes you look uh, strong and clear. And so people really respect that. So I know it's tempting to delete the comments or you don't want bad comments, but try to reframe your thinking and see all those as opportunities. Yes. So many great notes there. And I think almost TikTok has highlighted comments because the comment sections on TikTok are (laughs) entertainment of their own, but it really does build on just one piece of content. I think specifically related to social media and Instagram. I know the comment section is often one of the first places I went. I think I know the exact comment you were talking about and I really respected your response because I do think that in a lot of these ways, a lot of these topics, there's a back and forth and we have have to remember things are a lot of time digitally online. People have camera phones, people have the screenshot option. And I know when screenshots of DMs that didn't go the right way is definitely, you know, something that comes up. And I think a great opportunity to bring your PR where it's maybe not as public, but it's still making that impact and representing your brand in a great way. So I really love how you touched on that. We're taking a quick break from those mic drop moments so I can tell you about my brand new mini course, Your Guide to Instagram Guides. Yes, guides are the newest part of Instagram. And while you may not have heard of them, they are honestly revolutionizing how you're going to be creating your content and also how you're going to be structuring and adding more value into your profile. So if you're curious on how to support other brands and businesses, how to create your first guide and how to really be strategic with your content and the guides that you're creating, I created a really awesome mini course covering everything that I love and know about guides. And right now during Cyber Monday week, it is $30 off. So you can get the mini course with all of the lessons, tutorials, and resources for only $67, which if I do say so myself is a bargain considering it's one of the only high value strategic resources for guides. So check out the link in the show notes if you're wanting to get this amazing Cyber Monday deal and enroll in the mini course. Now let's get right back into the episode. I think this is going to kind of tie into that comment you were suggesting is politics and your business. Um, I know we're kind of out of the election, but I think that politics don't end here. So what are your thoughts on it? We can kind of keep it short and sweet on just your take, your professional opinion on when do you talk about politics? When do you talk about elections? What's an appropriate way to go about it for business? Because like you mentioned, it's kind of one of those taboo things you're not supposed to talk about. You know, you're not supposed to talk about politics as a business and you're supposed to stay very neutral. But I think if anything, this election season has kind of shifted that in a lot of ways. Totally. And I wonder if that's also because each candidate in my opinion, was very reflective of very different uh, values. So I think that's why people were were like, okay, I'm going to be open about this, what side I'm on or whatever. I will say, I understand. I understand some people who are like, I don't want to say who I voted for because it feels super narrow and that you're putting your weight behind this person, this singular person, as opposed to different values, beliefs, policies that you stand behind. So if you're feeling like, I don't know, should I say this? Should I not? I would encourage you to at least lean into certain 
policies or or beliefs or groups of people you believe should have certain rights and lean into that because those are your values and those probably won't change. And if they happen to align with a certain candidate, well, then people can make that interpretation and association for themselves. But if you want to publicly, uh, very clearly get behind and voice your opinion on rights for certain groups of people or, or things like that, I highly encourage you to, because like I said earlier, people are actively looking for you to do that. I think your example of what you did, where you're like, hey, I'm not going to say what I voted for, but hey, I'm going to celebrate. I am really happy in this moment. This is such a cool historical moment mm-hmm. and I feel proud. I feel like that's a perfect example of how I'm not saying who I voted for, but heck yeah, I'm going to celebrate this moment. I'd love for you to celebrate with me. Right. Yeah. I I love how you broke that down because I think it's kind of, you know, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of things. And I think if you feel compelled to absolutely go for it. But I think that's a really great example of just like, you can kind of keep it down to those, you know, generic values and and what you really want to represent as a brand. As we're ending things off, I want to talk about 2021, the infamous year now where we're wondering, are things going to be different? Are things going to be the same? It's really obviously very hard to predict what 2021 will look like, but I kind of have a selfish question and I'm curious your take on this and kind of just how people that are speakers like me and you, but also brands that are hosting events in the future. I mean, this is specifically related to COVID, but it does touch on a lot of things is How do you navigate the in-person events, speaking? I know personally, like I said, a very selfish question because I've been started to get, you know, requests for, you know, retreats that they want me to speak at and, and traveling here and flying here. And it's been something where it's hard to teeter from a personal perspective of I want to keep my family and myself safe, but also, you know, I do want to be paid for speaking. I do want to continue to travel, but also what is my audience going to think? Are they going to feel like I'm being irresponsible? You know, even if however many followers you have, you're an influencer in a lot of ways with how you're representing yourself with those decisions. So I'm kind of curious, we can go in specific or, you know, kind of general, just like with our decisions going into 2021, how can we navigate the unknown essentially? Yeah. So I'm going to go quick general, and then I'm going to go specific with some tips of things to keep in mind. So just generally, yes, I know everybody's in a different place about just like health and what should I do? And should we get together? Should we not? But I don't take it that seriously, but I know so-and-so takes it. So I understand. So I'm going to go super fundamental. I'm going to say at least consider public perception. So I know we're in different comfort levels, right? What does it look like when you do what you choose to do? So very recently I was invited, well, months ago, I was invited to speak at an event in New Orleans. So that required me to fly and it was postponed and there was hurricanes. And I was like, God, should I even go? And I really grappled with that. Like, God, but I really want this opportunity, but God, I don't know. And so I chose to go. And as a publicist, I was like, I I know how this looks. And so what I chose to do, and this is what I encourage others to do, is um, these are the trends I expect for 2021. And I applied them now. One, people want us to be more forthcoming with what we're doing health-wise to make them feel good about the decisions they're making. So for example, if you are hosting an event, you're selling a product, you should be vocal about what you're doing to keep other people safe. A recent study showed that people want that now. Uh, So even though it might seem minor, like, oh, I don't have to lead with that. So I made sure like on my Instagram stories, I was showing getting on the plane and like, yeah, people are wearing visors and you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. So I decided to do this to show like, yeah, I'm going, but here are the things I'm doing along the way, because I understand that I don't want to make a move that somebody can interpret as irresponsible. Now you don't take seriously anything else I said 
because you're like, oh, well, you don't even care about, you know, so mm-hmm. I think people don't realize that the decisions you make have the power to detract from the other things you're doing every day. You can ruin with one thing. So they're not necessarily going to come and comment about it, but they might withdraw support or, or not buy in when you want them to buy in on next week's campaign or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so lead with the, the healthy measures, the safety measures you're taking when you host that event, when you fly to that place, people want to see that. The second thing is if you choose to gather or do events in 2021, you need to be very mindful about how it looks. So when I went to this event, there was a panel session. I'll be very honest. I don't know if some of those ladies are going to be listening now, but you know, I participated in it and I was on the panel and they asked us questions. I was the only one who, who chose to wear a mask, but I'm not above those things. I felt a little self-conscious and I felt like, am I ruining the aesthetic? Mm. And, you know, and, and do they, are they secretly wishing I would just stop and just, right. you know, so I, I grappled with, am I making them uncomfortable? But I thought, no, I, I one for safety for me. And two, I thought for public perception, I can't be in pictures and we're in a group picture and I'm just like, Hey, I can't do that because of how people would interpret that. Um, and, and it might affect my leadership or influence. Um, so be mindful of, of those things. Uh, so in terms of trends, I see, um, that people are still going to try to have small events. Uh, I think that's fine if you do what you're supposed to do and you're allowed about the health measures and safety measures you're taking. Mm -hmm. Um, Another trend for 2021, just generally with PR, is empathy. People want to see you say that you feel where they're coming from, you hear what they're coming from. And because I know what you're going through, we're going to take these measures. That's a big one. So, you know, at the time this recording, we're going into Black Friday. So you see big stores that are like, you know what, we hear you and we know what you're going through. So we're not going to have our doors open on Black Friday, or we're going to be closed on Thanksgiving because we want you to spend that time with your families. Empathy and health measures. They led with that. Um, So those are going to be big trends. And then finally, I'll say virtual events are going to be really hot. I think they're hot now because it was out of necessity. Like, well, we can't gather. So I guess I'll do this event. But I think people are starting to lean into how much opportunity there is with virtual events. They don't have to be looked at a second rate. You could be doing things like sending attendees, you know, snail mail and surprises in the mail. And then they're Instagramming like this unboxing or you're doing something together in real time and adding cool components. So it's forcing a lot of us to be innovative, um, but don't see uh, virtual events as second rate. They really could be opportunities to to showcase some other cool uh, aspects of your business, and it could be a community builder. So those are the trends that I'm seeing going into 2021 and some uh, pieces of advice I give for those who are like, should I go speak? Should I not? Those are just things to keep in mind as you make the decision that's best for you and your business. Yeah, I love all of those tips. And it actually got me thinking of two examples that I've kind of seen, you know, just in the last week is there's this YouTuber that I watch and she mainly does travel videos with her family. And all of her travel videos, she's always either wearing a mask when she's talking, you know, she's bringing the masks with her, she's talking about it because she knows not only if she didn't, her comments would be talking about it, but by her grabbing on that as soon as possible versus waiting for the aftermath in the comment section, I think is a really smart way to think about it for your own brand. I know that's kind of what I did for when I was sharing some sneak peeks from when we went to Colorado. I explained how we got COVID tests when we got back, how we were mainly hiking, how we wore our masks on the trails. You know, I kind of explained all those types of things because I feel like it's important. And I think especially as event organizers, that same kind of theory applies as I 
know I saw someone that was hosting one of the first in-person events in a while and they had to see in the comment sections, people are like, so what does social distancing look like? Like, what should we expect? You know, like they shouldn't have to ask. You should give people that peace of mind, whether they aren't as concerned or whether they are concerned so they can have expectations for your event instead of reacting to the feedback that you're getting essentially. So yeah, I feel like it's a lot of unknown there. And I think kind of to summarize everything we chatted about, I think it always really comes down to that kind of instinct and value system that you create as a person and how that's reflected into your brand. I feel like that's been something I've been kind of really grappling with as a business where it's like all those brand beautiful things that you see on the outside. What's really important is what's on the deeper value system that's going to help educate your decisions in these very weird times so you can represent your brand well. Totally. So I I know it's scary out there and it's like, what do I say? What do I do? But, you know, I think to sum it all up, get clear on your values, take initiative and letting people know, I know what you're going through. And so I'm going to take this action or I know you're concerned about health and safety. So we're going to take this action or I know you care about this cause. And so we've taken this action to support. So being vocal, being bold about leaning into your positions and staying in the know so you can be responsive and in touch with the community that you serve. I think if you commit to all those things, you'll definitely be good to go. Yes, I completely agree. And thank you, Danielle, for sharing your amazing wisdom. And I know I learned and was taking some notes while you were speaking. Um, So I know everyone listening really appreciates you ending off the first season with some really awesome advice. And so I want you to share with how people can connect with you, how they can tune into your own podcasts, and how they can even work with you if they're looking to get their shine on PR wise in 2021. Yeah, definitely. So we are on Instagram at tell, T-E-L-L, tell public relations and on Facebook and all the things, tell public relations. And the name of our podcast is tell me in 10 and they are 10 minute episodes where we get straight to the point and we're giving you all the tips you need to increase your visibility and manage your reputation 10 minutes or less. And that's tell me in 10. So I'm hanging out always on Instagram and running my mouth. And so, um, so I look forward to seeing everybody over there. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danielle. And thank you for everyone for tuning in. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.